The healthcare industry has undergone transformational change in the past 10 years, especially as it relates to the implementation of technology. Even so, there's much more to do and many companies are out there doing it, but you don't know about them. At Intrepid Healthcare, our podcast will bring you the crazy ones, the rebels, the troublemakers, the ones who see things differently. The people that are crazy enough to think they can change the world in healthcare. So sit tight and enjoy as we tell the story of another thought leading trailblazer. Welcome back to Intrepid Healthcare. I'm your host, Joe Lavelle, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation with yet another innovator whose company is on a mission to improve people's lives by simplifying the way they see a doctor. We're going to get right to it today. We're joined by Dr. Branson Page, co-founder of ReliMD and VP of Clinical Operations for Wake Emergency Physicians. Dr. Page, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks so much for making the time to be with us today. Before we start our discussion, could you take a few seconds and tell the audience about you and your background? Sure. So I am an emergency physician. I work clinically. Um, I also uh, work in administration with our group as we co-founded our telemedicine product and work with multiple hospital systems in central North Carolina. Like I said, I'm still working clinically. I just got to off a shift about an hour ago, I was working overnight in one of our emergency departments. And that's kind of the way it is for a lot of the folks in our group that are both in leadership and developing the platform, our telemedicine platform. We're all working clinically as emergency physicians, so we're seeing patients day in and day out, night in and night out. And that's what I've always wanted to do. I went to medical school at the University of North Carolina, graduated in 2005 and went into emergency medicine right after that. And after I graduated from residency, I joined this fabulous group of physicians with Wake Emergency Physicians in Raleigh, and it's a great group to work for. Our group sees about a little over 300,000, I think we'll be at 350,000 patients in the last year alone in Wake County and the surrounding counties. So it's a really interesting dynamic group. We've got a lot of entrepreneurs in the group that are doing interesting things on the side, but we found that we had folks that wanted to invest their time in developing something new and innovative in healthcare. And about four or five years ago, we saw telemedicine as a new frontier that was coming. And we could either stick our heads in the sand and ignore it, or we could jump on board and innovate and be leaders in it. So I'm really proud of our group for taking that on and becoming leaders in the field of telemedicine. Outstanding. Could you then take the next couple of minutes and to provide the audience with a 10,000-foot overview of ReliMD? Yeah. So ReliMD, we can find it at ReliMD.com. It is direct patient-to-physician telemedicine. Anyone can log on to ReliMD.com and set up an account and be speaking with a physician within about 10 minutes. We think it's, it's important that we make it easy as possible for a patient to speak to the doctor. Kind of the same thing in, in the emergency department. We try and make the time from a patient walking in the front door of the hospital to seeing a physician as little as possible, and we try and limit the barriers to get them there. Same thing with ReliMD. We want a patient who needs care from their home, from their office, to be able to pull us up on the computer, 
pull us up on an app. We have apps for iPhone and Android and iPads that folks can log in and be speaking face-to-face with a board-certified emergency physician as quickly as possible. It's working. It's working great. We've got a great team of physicians in our group who are dedicated to supporting the platform and seeing patients. And we're trying to create a really great quality product that delivers excellent healthcare every time. In your introduction, you said something to the effect of you are a group that was innovative and refused to keep your head in the sand. I find that some of the folks that are resisting telemedicine, maybe not so much keeping their head in the sand, but they're thinking that they have to go and do everything via telemedicine versus understanding that there's great things that telemedicine can do for you and there's other things that have to happen in a traditional setting. What have you guys learned as you've found out that it's working great about how to carve out the right pieces for telemedicine? That's a good question. It was trial. We had to figure it out. We had to develop the sort of the clinical piece of Reliant D from scratch. We didn't have a manual or a go-to to tell us how to do this. So we had to develop it on our own. And what we found is there's a lot you can do via telemedicine, via video conferencing in terms of patient care. You can take really good care of patients. You can actually get a really good exam. You know, one of the things you learn, I say that, but one of the things you learn in medical school and residency up front is that about 90% of what you need to know to take care of the patient in front of you is not in the exam. It's in what they tell you and it's the questions you ask and it's how you ask them. And so you sort of combine that with the fact that I can look at a patient, ask them to do some very specific things when I want to do an abdominal exam, for example. We can have a patient, let's say it's a five-year-old child, the mom calls in. We have the patient lay down on the kitchen table and direct the mom in doing an exam, looking over how the child is reacting when the mom presses on certain parts of the abdomen. And you can pick up a lot of good clues just from watching that exam. So you combine what you know how to do really well, taking a good patient history, getting clinical history from the patient, and then tweak it with how to do an exam from behind a screen and really engage the patient in that. And you can actually, I found you can deliver great, great care. Now, you can't do everything, and it's, it's important. We need to know what our limits are, and that's one of the things we've been learning as we go along. But I think as long as we're realistic about that, then we're going to make sure that we draw the line at certain things and deliver great care up to that line. Right. I think what the successful practices like you all are learning is that the things that you can do well via telemedicine not only save time for you, they save time for your patients, it saves waiting room time, administrative time, and then you get back all that time to do the things that you actually need to do hands-on or to do some of the administrative things that are brought on by all the other things in medicine. So it's great to hear that you're finding the same kind of success that other successful practices are. One of the things I was really excited to talk to you about today, though, was population health management. How are you guys attacking population health management with telemedicine? That's been something that's really developed over the last year, year and a half, as we have partnered with different businesses in the area. So we found one of our biggest successes from a business standpoint is when we have worked with local businesses that are self-insured and they are looking at finding ways to decrease their healthcare costs, their spend, 
for their employees. And I haven't said this yet, but I want to say it up front, and I want to probably reiterate it throughout. We think that a patient's relationship with their primary care doctor is of the utmost importance, and we think that's a critical part of a healthy system, a healthy healthcare environment. However, patients have acute needs, and their doctor isn't always available, either because the need happens in the middle of the night, in the afternoon after an office is closed, or when they're away, maybe they're taking a weekend trip somewhere. So rather than force employees to seek out an urgent care or an emergency department, rather than force them to take their time out of their day and go to a brick-and-mortar establishment to ask a question, to seek help or seek advice, we can offer this option for patients. And for employers, they're going to save a lot of money on the cost patients are going to save by not going to the emergency department or going to urgent care. I think one of the kind of the foundational questions that I was always rattling around in my brain as we were working through the genesis of this idea was patients, when I talk to friends and family who are thinking about, they they get hurt, they get injured, they have a question, so often their question to me was, do I need to go to the emergency department? And I think a lot of people just don't know the answer to that question, and they really would like to be able to sit down and discuss their symptoms, the facts around their injury with someone who knows and someone who can give them clear advice. So I think one thing we can do specifically to that is we can tell people, no, you don't need to go to the emergency department right now. You can wait and follow up with your primary care doctor in a few days. Here are some things you can do in the meantime that will help you feel better until then. Or we can say, you know what, the things you're telling me right now are concerning and you really do need to seek out care right now. And let's not waste time by going to an urgent care first. Let's go straight to a level one stroke center. I'm going to tell you that over the telemedicine visit. Let's make sure you're going to the right place at the right time. and We're not taking extra steps to get there. So we're saving a lot of money in the system because we're connecting patients to the right level of care, either by preventing them from seeking out the highest cost care, like going to the emergency department for everything, or by directing them to the right place. Outstanding. I have a great use case example in myself. Uh, a couple of years ago, I blew up my knee and I knew there wasn't anything broken in there. It was a pop. It wasn't a broken bone. I went to the emergency room. They took an x-ray, which I guess you need to take, and told me, get an appointment with an orthopedic person. Well, I probably could have done that all via telemedicine for much cheaper than a couple thousand dollars that it cost me to go to to an emergency room and probably gotten faster into an orthopedic person that way. And you could probably tell me 25 more great examples of ways to speed up the healthcare system by employing your services, basically. Right. Like you said, there's 20, 2,500 more use cases like that. I mean, I had a buddy of mine who was biking. He was biking. He hit a rock. He face planted into the asphalt and got up with a bloody face. And rather than rush off to the hospital, the emergency department, he remembered, hey, <laughs> Branson's group is doing this thing. Let me just call him and see <laughs> if it works. And he FaceTimed me, and I was able to just have a, a very I was having a great conversation with him about his symptoms, about what happened to him, actually look at his injuries, and give him just some very kind of practical advice to say, you know what, for example, if your nose is broken, it might be broken. 
you don't have to diagnose that tonight. You don't have to diagnose that tomorrow. For a broken nose, you're going to do all the normal things to make sure there's nothing serious going on, but most of it's going to be wound care and decreasing inflammation. And then you still got a funny looking nose in a week or so, we'll have you follow up with ENT. But we can avoid the trip to the emergency department and the CAT scan tonight. Let's give it a little time. It was a great example to me in the moment that I think this thing had real value in saving money, saving time, and really delivering good care. Yeah, one of the best use cases, I think, for telemedicine is care navigation. But there are, as you said, hundreds of other use cases. Do you think it's time for telemedicine to really change healthcare? Is this finally the time we've been hearing about it for 20 years? And if so, what are some other ways it's going to change the face of healthcare? Well, I mean, I think as the, as the technology gets better and better and better, the adoption of telemedicine throughout the healthcare industry is going to explode, I think. Years ago, telemedicine or a teleconference had to happen in an office building with cameras and a large screen. And as the technology has evolved, I can have just as equally a good a conversation with the device that's in my pocket anywhere. So, and as we see that kind of innovation continue to grow, we're going to find more and more ways to just put physicians and care providers in the hands of the patient. One of the phrases that our director, Bobby Park, uses is telemedicine really is the 21st century house call. It's inevitable. And so one of the ways that I see it really impacting healthcare, especially like across the state, is patients will be able to stay closer to home, hopefully, to get great care. So a patient that lives out in eastern North Carolina that doesn't have access to a top quality hospital in, in the county or even in the surrounding counties, they have their local hospital that may not have a neurologist on staff. But if the technology allows us to bring a neurologist into the room with the patient, the neurologist can help direct an exam with another provider and give recommendations and discuss the patient's symptoms with them and really direct management from afar. It's happening now. It's going to grow and grow. One of the hospitals that we staff is in a bit of a more rural community. There's no neurologist available to come in to help us manage stroke patients. And when a patient arrives with a stroke, minutes are our brain. And there's a great telemedicine system set up where I can, within five minutes of the patient arriving to the small rural emergency department, I can wheel in a telemedicine device and have a neurologist from one of the local universities in the room with me with the patient, we can have a really good discussion about how we're going to manage this patient immediately, immediately. Without telemedicine, you don't have that. I mean, I can call a neurologist in the days before that technology existed. I could call a neurologist and I could name the patient's symptoms, but they weren't in the room. They couldn't see the patient. They had to take, they completely took my word for it. And hopefully my story was good, but it's not like seeing the patient and being able to talk to the patient. And I think that's what telemedicine provides us. And I think the sky's the limit on where you can deploy it. I agree with you. I hope that the adoption curve is not as slow as the adoption curve for what started as teleradiology and then became PACS. Mm. As I watched 25 years ago when I started getting involved in healthcare, people were very excited about teleradiology and it would be this great thing, but 
it actually was adopted very slow because people didn't want to give up that film and they didn't want to change their workflow to support remote management of patients. And it took years instead of what I felt was days and months to figure that out. But I think as now, we, as you said, we all have smartphones with great video capabilities. We all have telemedicine devices in our pockets. Yeah. And just finding the right physicians, for me, when I look for a doctor, I look for somebody who's going to work with me via telemedicine because it's better for them, it's better for me. And for me, I don't need to spend 47 minutes in a waiting room. I need to spend six minutes with a doctor. Mm-hmm. And if I could sit at my desk and do my work for that 47 minutes and not have to drive there for 20 minutes and drive back, and I've spent six minutes and rather than an hour and a half for the six minutes. So it makes sense, and we're going to find a way to, to make telemedicine really work for everybody. I think to your point why teleradiology took so long to gain steam, the difference here, I think, is that the patients, honestly, I think the patients are going to demand it. Like you said, they're going to see the convenience of it and come to experience how much time can save them. And they'll get a sense for whether it's worth it for them to take an afternoon off of work to drive in to go to an urgent care for an acute illness or whether it's easier for them to do a telemedicine call. And I think telemedicine is just going to be proven to be the winner in that. What are some ways that telemedicine can be utilized by specific health systems, including hospitals, doctor's offices, retirement communities? Well, one of the areas that we see telemedicine and we hope RelyMD will be potentially a leader in is in management of patients at nursing homes and assisted living facilities and places where folks have to get an ambulance to drive in for an evaluation. You can save the money and not have to load up a patient in an ambulance or a wheelchair van, take the time out of the, both the transportation people and the nurse that goes with them, but you can bring the physician the hospital, the university, whatever the entity is, bring it right into the patient's room, that is just a no-brainer to us. Yeah. If you combine that with the care coordination of that same population, and you can really make a difference in those two areas. My mother is not in assisted living, but what we've done is brought the help into her house. And if we could not have her go to the doctor three times a month, but have the doctor come to her and maybe have her go to the doctor once a year for things that absolutely had to be done, it would be a lot easier. It's just so hard for that population to get around anyways. Oh, yeah. Even if it's only 25% of the reason they have visits can be done via telemedicine, it's 25% of the time that you're saving for them of getting out the potential of having a fall, all those kind of things. Well, and when you talk about how this can benefit systems, when a patient is discharged from a hospital after a day for, let's say, an exacerbation of their congestive heart failure, if at home they're not following the regimen, taking the medications that they were prescribed, doing things the right way, either because it's confusing. I mean, for a lot of patients, it's really, really confusing. The, the discharge instructions that they get from the hospital aren't always as adequate as we'd all like. And so something falls off and the patient gets worse. And a lot of times I see patients who bounce back to the emergency department 
who were hospitalized in another system 10 days a week before, they just showed up to the closest place to them to get care. And that fragments care for the patient, and they're not getting as good care as they should. So if a system is able to utilize telemedicine to follow on with that patient and check in with them within a few days of their discharge from the hospital, talk to them face-to-face, go over their care plan and their medical management, and then also sort of check in to see how they're doing. And if they're not doing well, they're able to make some tweaks or adjustments to the plan or set up a follow-up appointment right there. That can help defragment care, and we see it happen all the time. It's nobody's fault. It's just we're all busy, and we're doing the best we can. Same as the patient. They're doing the best they can. I just think using this tool in that way can help us save time, save money, take better care of the patient. Absolutely. We've talked about some really exciting use cases. What's next for ReliMD? What new things are you working on that will be really exciting to the folks in North Carolina? We are dedicated to trying to reach patients all across the state of North Carolina. We see it as our mission to get everyone access to health care and good quality health care. And so that's really what we're striving for right now. We're constantly working on our platform and working on making improvements in it to make the patient experience better, to make it easier for our providers to focus on the thing that they want to be doing, which is sitting in front of the patient, talking to the patient, taking care of them, and not spending most of their time clicking through boxes and typing away incessantly. So we're trying to make a great product that the patients find is really easy to use. Providers can do what they want to do and just get it out there to as many people as we can. And again, our goal is to bring patients to the best place for them to receive care. And again, I just can't reiterate it enough so important that we send patients back to a medical home. And that's one of the things that we try and do with our platform and with this experience is to try and reiterate to patients the importance of finding a primary care doctor, staying with a primary care doctor, and using a primary care doctor for all their healthcare needs. So we hope this is just a way to get people into the system. Great. As you mentioned, pointing and clicking, I want to have everyone go right now to www.relymd.com. Bookmark that site. Go back and check out what the great team at RelyMD is doing for the state of North Carolina. If you're not in North Carolina, you'll be able to learn a ton about what's really happening on the forefront of telemedicine, population health management, and some real innovators. Dr. Page, it was so great to have you on the show today. Thanks for stopping by and joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Joe. We appreciate it. That wraps this broadcast. On behalf of our guest, Dr. Branson Page, I'm Joe Lavelle, and we'll see you soon on Intrepid Healthcare.